Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tomal Vision, episode 91, which is also going to be the last episode of the year 2011. And based on some Aztec calendar stuff, we don't know how many shows we'll actually be able to do in 2012. So thanks for joining. I'm one of our hosts, Deb Schultz, and I'm here with our, and I'm here in San Francisco with our other co-host, Kevin Marks. Hi there. They're not Kevin. actually in the same room. We're not actually in the same room, but you're not far away. Where are you beat this evening? I'm um, in Salesforce HQ opposite the ferry building. Yes, sitting in the dark at 6 o'clock on the West Coast, 9 o'clock on the East Coast. We've got a bunch of new folks in the chat room. For those of us checking us out for um, the first time, Tumble Vision is a weekly salon-style podcast, which just means you're sort of like eavesdropping in on a coffee clutch, where we try to bring people back into the center of tech, culture, and I guess business. And, you know, how we do that is around the topic of tumbling. And tumbling, tumbler, tumblers, uh, comes from the Yiddish word, which means to make noise. And tumblers were traditionally masters of ceremonies, and they were hired in the Middle Ages to get everyone to dance at weddings. You may know them from, you know, pop culture, borscht belt, dirty dancing days. They were the comedians who hung around all weekend with the guests at bungalow colonies and got to know the people formerly known as the audience, as we call them online. And we believe in a world where there's no longer command and control hierarchies. How do you get everyone to get things done? How do things happen? You tumble. You catalyze others to action. So every week we talk about and with people who are building really cool tools or organizations from government culture politics, the arts around this topic. And this week, we have a gal, our guest, Mache. Say hello, sir. Hi there, everybody. And where you be this evening? I'm at the top of Bernal Hill in San Francisco. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a few feet away from you over yeah. on, the top, on the top of the hill in Dolores Park. So, and uh, just just to give everyone, we're going to do a little chatting about what's going on in the universe this week, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Probably pretty quiet on the tech front, except for everybody posting end of year and prediction posts. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we want to get in a little bit on some of the work that you've done in the past, both at Delicious and now as founder of a wonderful tool, which all of us here at Tunnel Vision News called Pinboard. So Kevin, I'm going to talk to you first and i'm going to let everyone know that if you're listening in live please join us in our chat room off of free node under uh chat um channel tumble vision and we've got a lot of newbies in the chat room and feel free to jump in and ask questions guys um and before i get going i wanted to comment that one thing that happened this week related to last week's show to a certain extent was a little um brush up with GoDaddy and sopa kevin do you want to tell us about it so SOPA, SOPA we, we went into at great length, so I'm not sure I need to repeat that. SOPA is yeah. a, a law that is trying to make the domain name system a tool of law enforcement um, internationally as well as nationally, which is probably used that way in the US. Um, and it's also got a whole bunch of nasty private rights of action and things in it that means that um, people can arbitrarily shut down website, entire websites on the basis of a few links. Um, and one of its supporters was the domain registrar GoDaddy. And over the last week, there's been a huge campaign to um, 
punished GoDaddy for this, um, which seems to have been successful insofar as um, they've been rapidly changing their stance um, by saying, oh, well, yes, I know we helped write this law, but now we don't like it anymore. Um, and there was a thing that, where they had, it, they had an explicit exemption for themselves in it that was mentioned by one congressman. I'm not quite sure if that was, that was actually clearly in the text of the bill or more that um, it was the private right of action exemption that basically said... Um, if somebody takes your domain away for arbitrary reasons, then they, they, you can't sue them, which was, which was another of the clauses of the bill. But the online campaign was a, was a, was a great example of, of, of tumbling in that it was um, largely organized through um, um, the, the Reddit community, as far as I could see. Yes, it started off of a post off the Reddit community, and I can't remember who did it. And what was also interesting for us, and it's a great segue for me to thank our number one first ever sponsor, who we love dearly, which is Hover, who's a domain registrar. And what was really neat in sort of a very living the tumble way was when everyone started posting about GoDaddy. It was nice to be able to get online and tell people, you know, we use Hover, we love Hover. Um, you know, if you're fans of our show, use the promo code Tumble, and really. Um, I love being able to say that Hover, our lovely sponsor, is the antithesis of GoDaddy in so many ways. Uh, you can get a live person on the phone. They're a great domain registrar. So if any of you are still in the, oh, my gosh, i got to move my domains for the year 2012, it's on my to-do list. We highly recommend using Hover and Tumul. And it was definitely an example of people all over sort of catalyzing getting folks to do something that most people have probably wanted to do for a while, but mm-hmm. SOPA was the straw that broke sort of the camel's back, I think, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. today has, has been declared transfer your GoDaddy domain day by, by, um, by Reddit. So that's, that's the other reason that everyone's jumping on that Reddit today. God bless. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. Um, so uh, what else caught your attention this week? Any big mm-hmm. other uh, news, uh, Meche? Anything that, like, sort of you read? That, I mean, everyone's starting to write these prediction end of year posts, I guess. I avoid them like the plague, so I don't know if anyone said anything interesting. Um, anything come to mind? You know, to me, the end of the year is the time when, uh, if you look at the internet traffic graph, it, it drops all the way through the new year. So I just think everybody's in the server room, you know, frantically doing hardware upgrades or whatever they have to do <laughs> during this one golden window. That's, that's my perspective. Oh, is that what people are doing? They're, um, <laughs> they're all online. See, and from my feeds of my participation online, it seems to me that everyone's just eating really good food this week. That's what I've noticed. You know? I hope so. No, yeah, I'm just talking totally. about you know, the, the yeah, few yeah. sysadmins of this world who only yeah. have one chance to, uh, to do this a year. Right. So suddenly That's everyone moving their domains is maybe not such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the hosting yeah. providers will be going, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So, you know, Kevin, if you were going to think back on the year, what, what are some of the big highlights of this year for you as it relates oh, to sort of... I thought about that. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot because... I well, I, I, did actually, I did actually write a blog post this week, so I can, I can talk about that, which is one of the trends that I've seen hugely accelerate this year is um, infographics, um, where everyone is linking to giant images that, that purport to tell you something um, and, in fact, are often just like a bunch of clip art glued together with some nonsense um, in large type and sort of slightly pretty. And I was, I've been wondering why the hell this happened. And, and the, the thing that struck me was that um, what's happened is that 
because Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and, and all these other things um, give, give a much better preview experience to an image than they do to a piece of text, um, they're sort of driving people to start generate things in this, this image form instead. Um, so if you know if you look at a, a Facebook break that, feed, break, yeah, break that down for for folks. So why do you think that all of those tools give a better preview? Um, well, because it's easier. You know, it's quite hard to construct a good preview out of a piece of HTML, um, but it's very easy just to show an image. Um, and so be- okay. before, so you know, it's before- the constraint. So it's the, for for those who don't do it a lot. So it's the constraint of the tool that has sort of forced people to. Um, um, I'm not sure it's a force. It's, it's just it's one of these subtle Enables. affordances things. What happens is because the pictures look nice, if you look at your Facebook feed, the pictures that you see are really big and they're compelling and, yeah, they're mostly pictures of people. Um, and the news organizations have seen this um, and started putting out um, these these infographic things instead. Anyway, the other half of this is people have been doing this for a while. You know, there's there's been lolcats and there's been rage comics and there's been all these things that are sort of designed to, to help you express a banal thought with an image rather than um, just with a tweet. So that um, that that's part of this too. But it's but it's taken over the media in this weird way. So you know, like this uh, this morning, um, well, there was there was one. There was one that was like what the what a typical Android person looks like that was posted on All Things D that was just complete bullshit that someone had made up and cut out different pictures of people and said, here's my composite, you know, um, picture of what Android users looked like based, based on stuff we pulled out of our arse. But they posted it because it was an infographic and um, purported to represent something. And I'm, I'm sort of I'm, – I'm, I'm – I want actual data visualizations, not these not these things. But if you make an actual data visualization that's dynamic and does stuff and post that, the preview looks like your, your header text. Um, whereas if you make a, a giant bitmap, um, then the preview looks right and, and, and uh, people will, will pass it through. So it's it's a problem we need to, we need to think about. But it's one of these like subtle things that, that drove, that's been annoying me all year. And so I, I read a blog post by the end of the year. Oh, good, good. Uh, we'll link to that, folks, for the show. I mean, what, what you're really talking about is I also think people are misusing words when they talk about data. I mean, you know, one of the reasons you talk about it's like the preview, and, I, and this is going to be a great segue into Pinboard, Meche, is that, you know, we've got all this, inf- we've got more information out there than ever before. So I think one of the things, the reason sort of the, the uh, data visualization and images have popped up is because people are trying to analyze more information than ever before. But I think there's a big difference between data visualization and an infographic. And I think people are throwing those two words together. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, to me, data visualization says it's based off of a database. It's actual real data. A visualization is more sort of an, a, a different, maybe a, my assumption that I'll make, let's say, is that it's not, uh, that it's more of an interpretation. They're both interpretations, of course, but does that make sense to you, Kev? Matcha. Uh, well, there's you know any data visualization is always an in- interpretation too, um, but the you know I, and I'm a huge fan of, of good data visualizations. You know I've got all the Tufty books and I've you know yeah bits piece up myself from time to time. And um, but the point is there the goal is to is to be true to the data and tell a story um, with, with imagery. And classically that what that did mean creating a static illustration. So the first like two Tufty books are all about um, static illustrations because that's what it, they, were, they were focused on because the dynamic stuff wasn't then available. Um, the difference now is that we do actually have 
extraordinarily powerful computers all over the place. We have, you know, them in our pockets and on our desks and lying around, which means that they can do quite a bit more with this um, than you could when you were designing something to be printed out and stuck on the wall. Um, yet somehow what we're seeing more and more of uh, are these um, big, big bitmap things used to communicate something that, that could be said in, in, in three words or um, gigantic Im images and poor representations of like five numbers um, um, as opposed to the, um, you know, the sort of deep data intense stuff that, that, is, that is actually possible now. So the, the, it, it's, it's almost like a sort of, they've seen data visualization and they've got this sort of cargo cult version of it where they say, okay, um, people like these, these, these dynamic images, but I don't have any data, so I'm going to make something up. Right. Do you think that these that, that sort of the data visualization can in, in our in sort of our tumult topic here can help people catalyze you know sort of tumult because it can give people an end to start the conversation around something in a way that maybe is deeper, better, different than without it. Um. Interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, it... I stumped you. Ha! Stumped. Let the record be shown. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. That, that I mean, that 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 leads me over to um, the, the match a post I was I was uh, mentioning. This, the, the social graph is neither. I'd, I'd love I'd love to. So let's talk, to that. That. let's, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Talk about that post and match a. You've been so nice and quiet and waiting your turn. But we're not, <laughs> that's not the way we do it here. You sort of have to jump in, and you know. So I want to hear. Why don't you tell folks this post that you wrote, Kevin, and then you guys sort of have at it. Okay, do you want to do to summarize it for us? Uh, sure. So I, I was talking about something, uh, a phrase that's kind of become popular called the, the phrase is the social graph. Uh, and it, it, it has a long history, but what it's, it's used to mean now is um, kind of this, uh, you know, when we join services like Facebook or Twitter and we declare who our friends are, who we're following, we form kind of a vast interlinking web where you can, you know, basically at this point connect everybody to everybody else. And uh, there's a degree of enthusiasm, certainly in places like Facebook, but also at Google, in saying that now that we have this, you know, giant, uh, giant web of connections stored in a computer at, at Google headquarters, maybe we can, you know, put our nerd glasses on and get some real math going and uh, and change the world, uh, you know, by by helping people do interact with friends in ways they've never never imagined or or thought they could, uh, and you know. I, I'm skeptical of this idea. I, I don't think that um, the, the post I wrote is kind of in two sections. One of them argues that this idea that you can represent a lot of meaningful things about, you know, our, our relationships with people just by having us declare who we're following is kind of bogus. And then I also wanted to argue that this, uh, you know, kind of collecting this information is a very creepy and antisocial act. It's kind of a, you know, like a psychopathic stalker sort of behavior where you've created a a shrine to, uh, you know, you got photos of everybody, you know, who they talk to, who they sent to. It's uh, the fact that that's a kind of creepy creates a dissonance where you don't, and it makes these places really sterile. Like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. nothing came out of, nothing's come out of Facebook that's really interesting or, or, or great. Nothing's come out of Google Plus yet. Uh, nothing came out of MySpace until it turned into band pages. So my argument was basically that this is going to, you know, this too shall pass and we're going to get something better later. Yeah, I I I um I love the post by the way when I read it because I also love the fact that I hate the term social graph as well. I mean, it's it's as, it's it's as if the minute you take something that's a natural occurring thing that we do in the real world and give it sort of more of a um geeky name, it's something new and different. You know, people have always 
been socializing in some sort of a, a, a connected, uh, it's, you know, what's wrong with the, a network of friends or a group of friends or a community or whatever. Um, but to your point, the creepy, the creepy factor is there too. And I think it's what we talk about a lot here on Tunnel Vision, that most of these tools really aren't created to actually be social. They're really created, you know, in a very one-to-many sort of, um, or look, or look at me sort of thing. This is what I've done. They're not, they're not created in ways to um, ask. Um, I mean, I'm going to be harsh here, but sort of to um, to delve into and and actually really help people connect. They help people's egos connect, you know, and and they're very much a. You know, I'm a signaling kind of thing. Is that sort of what you mean? That like it's everyone's out there going, I'm doing this and that, but it's not really adding anything new to the depth of the connection. Well, I think that by trying to model it too much, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you you put people in these channels where I can I can post a comment or I can send a link or, or, you know, throw a sheep at you. Uh, If you look at places that are free form, you find real communities where people actually do interact and socialize, you know, even World of Warcraft, which is. Just mm-hmm. the role-playing game, you know, people have created a whole culture uh, around it. Uh, you see the same thing in, uh, you know, uh, on 4chan, where which is kind of the most primitive sort of software. But as soon as you tr- add sophistication to it and try to, you know, create these models and circles and lists and so forth, it, it progressively makes it worse. Yeah, Kevin. Well, I think so. I think there's 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 two there's two things here. So one is yes, um, many of these systems were created by people who aren't very socially adept, and when you meet the founders of social networking sites, that's that's often you know it's like oh you've picked up the tool that you had to try and solve a problem that you had, um, but you've you've built this thing that's 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 kind of weird, and that that is true. And um, there is there is there is often this sort of weird model capture thing where the presumption is that that their model is the real world. Um, and the real world doesn't matter. So, so the Facebook timeline got the date of my wedding wrong by 20 years because mm-hmm. it picked the date that my wife um, joined Facebook rather than the date we actually got married. Because in, <laughs> in, in the world of the people who founded Facebook, that's what you did. First you joined Facebook and then you, <laughs> then you got married. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very easy for the, for the map not to be the territory there. But that's, I, think you, you, I think you slightly overstate it in that um, a lot of the value here is in the simple act of creating a list of people that, that you want to pay attention to. Um, and then the nuances that you could, that you bring to that are your, your mental model of those people. Um, so to have a post by, by Maché saying something is, is useful information to me. Cause then I know that, uh, you know, I've, I've having interacted with you on and off over the last few years online, I've got some idea of who you are and where you're coming from. Um, and I can, I can tell when you're being sardonic and when you're being playful and when you're, when you're being sort of deadly serious about something, um, some of the time anyway. Um, but, I, and so we can apply the sort of the nuanced stuff that we have and the computer representation doesn't have to bring, doesn't have to bring or model all of that to be useful. So that's, that's, that sort of, you know, that was my sort of, you know, responses. I think it is useful to, to, to be able to model, um, human relationships, but I agree, um, you know, the, the, the sort of the point of this show is that people could, it's important that for, to create spaces that people can construct communities in, but they don't necessarily need much to do that. Um, if you have someone who is that, who takes on that similar role, um, they can construct a community out of the most unprepossessing of environments. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Mache, were you just going to jump in, Mache? No, I'll go after you. I, I, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, Kevin, I think what, but, and if I, I haven't, I did not, unfortunately, reread the post right before our show, so apologies if I'm saying this wrong, but to the part, you know, to your point, I think it's when programmers or developers or any, or even, you know, product guys who are trying to over-structure something that is inherently organic that you get into trouble and extrapolate information from it that isn't, um, that isn't true, which is why we here very often pick on clout and other places where they do influencer scores. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, hopefully in the future we'll have better ways to do this, but right now everything just feels very binary. I mean, I always joke, uh, you know, are you friends with your mailman in the real world is the way I usually sort of hint at this, <laughs> right? I mean, your mailman's in your world and you see them and you say hello and you say goodbye and you don't even think about defining this person who's in your world buy something they're just there and the nature of the way we sort of are creating space either because we have to to a certain degree when you're programming right kevin and i've talked about this a lot at some point you got to make a decision about something right um (laughs) you know are you going to code a or b right um but our brains don't work that way we can have things in multiple places i mean we talked about this we had also um paul adams on from facebook formerly uh, from Google who talked about this and he's equally frustrated and he works there. Um, so, <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that Paul's whole, I mean, he's a sociologist or ethnographer by training, I think, right? Yes. Today online. So how do we get around this while we're using these tools to, you know, get the sort of the industry to understand that, you know, you don't have to, is it just human nature to def- overly define things? Does that make I, us feel better? <laughs> I think it might be, might be nerd nature. I mean, that, yeah. I, I want to say I, I, I agree with everything Kevin actually said. I think it's important to be able to find people persistently, and you know, important to be able to pay attention to them to the extent that you want. I think where where I start to disagree is that, like, you know, right now we're trying to channel all these interactions as much as possible through these centralized sites where you're supposed to have everybody declare, like, like you're in third grade. You know, my fifth best friend is this, and so forth, and then. <laughs> Uh, at that point, you're going to be fed, you know, a careful stream of um, of information that's supposed to be relevant. So, so one place where this falls apart is that for many many of us, a site like Facebook is a way to keep in touch with people that we don't actually want to write to. You know, I have friends from high school. I'm I'm very interested to find out what they're doing with their lives. I don't want to talk to them or uh, or take the time to you know to, to to write to them. But it's a nice way to just kind of keep tabs on on more distant friends and and. You know, this idea that human relationships are contextual and they actually depend on who you're talking to and what the situation is, 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 is important. It's not reflected right now in these monolithic sites. And the response has been, oh, well, we're going to take these models and make them even more complicated, you know, to factor all that stuff in. And I think that's the, that's the exact wrong answer. What, what needs to happen is you need to break these things into simpler pieces and let people tie them together. Yeah, but the nature of – see, what's, in, what's interesting when you say about that is what I think about is the nature that a lot of these sites, we've created this bargain that they're these businesses, quote-unquote, right? And um, and they have to aggregate us all together, you know, in order to – because we're still on old eyeballs media models, I guess, um, is probably – why it works that way um you know uh it's, yeah and then there you get that like that's that's the basic adversarial relationship now where you have these sites whose uh you know their business model is to take aggregate behavior and sell it 
uh, right. you know, sell it to advertisers. So it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, it's awkward to invite people in and then say, oh, by the way, I'm filming everything you do so that I can bring you valuable products and services. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 um, I think we're kind of, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of stuck with it for a long time until sort of these, this, this connective tissue becomes a utility the way the telephone is in a way. Does that make sense? I hadn't thought of it exactly that way. Because right now we think of it as, um, they're sites, they're, they're places. So, so till connect, the connection becomes sort of just there. Well, we, I think the telephone's a, a great example because, right. you know, when it first came out, people had no idea what to do with it and, and how, uh, like what, you know, when it was appropriate to call at first, only very few, you know, large manor houses had the thing. And gradually over time, it became very clear, like, this is how, you know, this is when you call someone, this is when it's okay not to pick up the phone. And mm-hmm. that's changed again with cell phones. So you had people taking a fairly simple technology and then figuring out the social rules that were going to go around it. You know, it's like a pearl that grows around some irritant. Uh, and I, I think now we have, you know, we have the nerd core trying to uh-huh. you know, forecast in advance exactly what this should look like and then build it as a, you know, magnificent sort of spruce goose of social software. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's Bruce Goose of Social Software. Yeah, and it's kind of highly ironic that it's it's the nerds, the, the, the very eloquent, great communicator social group that they are, you know, that we are. <laughs> Some of us are, geek, you know, half geek, um, are, are the ones doing this. It's kind of funny. I mean, we, just, we, we you know, Kevin, you've said this before. You've said, please could some of these companies start hiring more sociologists and ethnographers. And they are. They finally are, right? We're seeing a bit more. I mean, that was that was my sort of big surprise at Google that they didn't actually have any. Um, they had a sort of large um, group sp- um, sponsoring research, and I went to the head of it and said, "So, w- what anthropologists and sociologists are you working with?" And he said, "I don't know any, because they, they are such a p- pure computer sciences company that that's that's all they do." I think that's that's I think that's been less true of, of um, Facebook. I think Facebook has spent more recently spent some time trying to bring people. Um, with those perspectives in, but it's 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 still fairly alien, and you still end up with these sort of weird, you know, cultural conflicts between the two. Yeah, and you know, on that note, I'm going to take a break because our woozy third cohort <laughs> is going to join us. I hope, Andrew, can we bring Heather in, or did we lose her? Up oh, here, she's going to come in. We're going to call her. See, live technology ain't it grand? We're going to call her on the phone. If we had extra phone lines, we could, you know, like on a radio show, we could say, Hello? on line three, Heather, we're all worried about you. How are you? Um, I think you have the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good job. That's a classic. We've never done that. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't want to scare her and tell her she was live on the internet. I don't think that'd be good. And it, it was kind of funny that, I, that, um, that I was mentioning radio because that sort of reminds me of when you would sort of dial up a prank joke on on the radio, like back in the day. A- Andrew, our producer, is going, oopsie. he's going, oopsie, you know. So we'll try to bring Heather in because I know, you know, you know. Obviously, we love to pick on Facebook around this stuff. I know she'll want to jump in about it. So we'll see if we can get her going. Um, and you know, and, and in our chat room, like uh, Case Organic, Amber said, Facebook is a way to keep in touch with people you don't actually want to write to. Perfect. Yay. Yay, Heather. Yes, Heather. We were all very worried about you. How, how are you doing? Again, waiting for a call for 25 minutes. Um, well, we were, we were on a roll. You'll, you'll 
find out whether or not it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you are you, are you um, somewhere? Um, you know, are you okay, Kevin? Uh, we were we were worried about you. Heather was in a bit of a car accident an hour ago. Is this true? Well, like this afternoon, two thirty. So I'm just like online trying to figure out what I should do. So everybody, if you have a better idea, you know, let me know. Okay. All right. Well, we'll figure it out for you. We're, we've got um, Maché as our guest this evening. I know you know that. And we had talked about, though he doesn't know it, his wonderful post that he put up around, um, what was the title of it again, Maché? Uh, the Social Graph is Neither. Neither Social Nor Graph, right? Yeah. Is that it? Mm-hmm. There you go. So uh, can we ever actually you know, organize this, this stuff that we love into, are we over-organizing? And, you know, of course we here at Tom Vision always think we're over-organizing um, or making things over-binary, right? I don't think organizing and being binary have to be the same thing. They don't, but uh, in social tool land, we're saying that we are. We're making them a little too discreet. Yeah, no, don't, yeah. You mean the idea that people are one group or another? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Michelle, what interests you about this? Why did you write about it? Why did I write about this? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it got under your skin. Well, I, I, I was actually around uh, when Brad, Brad Fitzpatrick, who kind of started things off with that phrase, the social graph, you know, to mean this, this specific idea was, uh, he was at live journal at the time I was contracting mm-hmm. there and I remember there was a lot of back and forth around it. Uh, at the time it was supposed to be, you where, know, where, where, where was this? I'm sorry. I missed the this is a live journal at, at live journal. At live journal. Live journal. All yeah. right. And, and back then this okay. was, the idea was that you were, we were supposed to make this social graph thing be a, uh, kind of community resource that everybody would have access to. And then, you know, companies would build on top of it and kind of compete at that level. So it was a different concept. And now he's at Google and, you know, presumably he's he's okay with the idea that it's going to be Google that builds, you know, the social graph. But uh, yeah, I, I thought you know I, I, it really bugged me from from the beginning, but I couldn't articulate why for a long time. As more people started to you know be boosters of it, I kind of got a clearer impression of what uh, you know what it was that seemed so inhuman about it. And for those who haven't read, read the piece, and that, and that brings me back to my. Comments of just a few minutes ago. Uh, it's okay. We can jump back in and repeat. And, okay. and, and we think it's inhuman because it's really a very voy- – I mean, one of the things is it's very voyeuristic in a way. It's not really about connection, right? It's yeah, and also like it's, it's, it's like we've recreated AOL somehow. You know, we've, we've, like, <laughs> we broke out of this idea of having to go to one place to have our internet. Uh, and for a few years, everybody was just kind of, you know, out in the glorious wild of the web. And suddenly uh, there's a lot of pressure to go back. You know, on the one hand, everybody wants us to, to use apps now instead of the browser because apps are cool. And on the other hand, uh, you know, we're we're supposed to be doing most of our online uh, interaction through these these sites. And it's like we've lost a lot of the, um, you know, that that freedom that that briefly was ours. I mean, this hasn't been taken away yet, but it's it's. Uh, you know, it's not a direction that I'm really enthusiastic about. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think could make it feasibly change? I think it'll just uh, fall apart in its own. Uh, you know, provided that we don't have you know terrible laws come in like like you guys were discussing last week, or you know, just uh, 
kind of we're vigilant about um, both explaining to people just how much of their privacy is 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 gone away when they uh, when they use social network sites, and also uh, you know pointing out the alternatives, places where people have formed interesting communities online without having to do it through you know uh, five hundred employees. So, what was your what would your alternative be for someone who's like, well, I have to be on Facebook, everyone's there. What, what do you think the opportunity is for people who want to build new startups in, around this? Uh, if I knew, I'd do it. You know, <laughs> I would pivot. <laughs> You'd pivot. There you, everybody drink. Everybody drink. He said pivot. That's our new drinking word. Well, sense, you have done it, haven't you? I mean, you know, part of the yeah. mo- the problem is that um, the the model for Facebook and for Google Plus and so on is um, you're not paying them. They are providing this thing as a service, but what you're paying them in is. Um, they having the giant map of everyone you know and, and what you what you talk about, so they can then use that to um, make money through advertising or through promotions or through other things like that, um, as opposed to making money through actually selling you a service. Um, so uh, you, another post you wrote, Maché, uh, was was about why you charge for pinboard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was which is if if we pay you for it, then the then you're on our side because we um, because we're your customer as and you're not going to then sell us off to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, the, and, uh, uh, exactly. Like the 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 idea that if um, you know for for a small like mom and pop outfit like I am, I guess I'm just a pop. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're uh, if if you do it for free, you either are doing it because you think you're going to become you know, a gigantic success, or you think that someone's going to buy you out, uh, seeing how awesome you are. Uh, either one of those things means that, you know, the, the service you're providing isn't really there to last. Uh, I think the only way you can make a convincing argument. And often if they're, they're buying you out cause you did for free, what they're buying is your eyeballs. customers as eyeballs. Like they're kind of yeah. buying the people. They just, it's a fast customer acquisition marketing purchase. It's not, Oh, we really want Thing you've made, or it can be. Yeah, yeah, but yeah you're maybe. right. It rarely is, though. So, in this case, yeah. the payoff for someone who's been your customer isn't that they keep getting whatever they got through you. They may not get that at all. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's like, the, and, and in the in computer land culture, we kind of are accepting of this that you know nothing is forever, but really nothing is even three years. Like that's you know <laughs> that's, that's a long time horizon. And uh, I, I happen to work in an area, you know, personal archiving and bookmarking where people actually want their stuff to be around uh, mm-hmm. 20 years from now. Uh, and I think being able to, you know, it's a little bit like being a bank. You really want to have some, cred- you know, credible explanation as to why you're going to still exist, uh, you know, a year and 10 years from now, other than I'm, yeah. you know, I got my fingers crossed and I'm a really brilliant person. So we're who's delicious find- and Yahoo bought us. So we're definitely going to be around for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm bum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, that's a really important distinction, though. I, I like the fact that you sort of use the word, you know, bank in a positive. It's been a really long time <laughs> since I've heard the word bank used as as something of um, responsibility. And, you know, uh, we, we, we may need to come up with a better metaphor for you. Um, but, um you know, that's, that is a really good point that, you know, you're the, you know, there's two things that you guys are saying, you know, that bargain that you make when, you know, that we as users of these tools, whether we've liked it or not have been, you know, we didn't have a choice with most software been asked to make with this bargain is, is, you know, where we are the product, right? 
you know, for most of these companies. And it's, 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 that's another level of kind of freaky, right? It's annoying that we're going up against, uh, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you think about, um, you know, in building Pinboard, right? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about like why you started it and what did you think was missing in personal archiving? Well, I was, you know, for a long time I've been friends with Joshua Schachter who built Delicious and I was kind of, I was fortunate to be on the ringside when he was, you know, when he quit his job and made it a company and got VC and, and then, you know, grew mm-hmm. big. So a, a lot of my, you know, uh, my ideas were kind of conditioned by that experience and seeing the stuff that he was up against. But the the real, like, the stimulus for me was that I, I looked through my bookmarks and everything was just gone that was from, you know, 2004 and 2005. And I really wanted some, some way to, um, you know, preserve this stuff. Uh, the Internet Archive was one option, but, you know, they have a kind of a very strict policy where if anybody asks them to take stuff down, they will. So you can't really depend on everything being there you know they, they also haven't found everything on uh on the web so i wanted some sort of service where you could just rely on it to actually have the thing that you had looked at two years later uh, and, and that's kind of where it came from you know the, the immediate um the immediate reason was just because i think this is 2009 and delicious redesigned yet again and you know there were three toolbars where one used to be and all the tags had boxes and i i became so like bitter and critical about this i decided you know like i I needed to do something constructive rather than just whine so i thought i would build something for myself and it kind of snowballed yeah it it really has snowballed and um can can we put in feature requests tonight (laughs) yeah that's right the lines are open folks because no i'm I'm, you think i'm laughing i'm really serious um before we actually started taping guys tonight i was talking about that i've stopped you know really bookmarking a lot of stuff and i was thinking why and i thought back that one of the things i loved and kevin knows this is a thing of mine is saving stuff but also aggregating it so what was the other um social bookmarking um company that had sort of collapsed um about two years ago magnolia Uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. and magnolia i loved magnolia for a couple of reasons it had a um it it, i I use delicious but magnolia had a little bit more user experience to it when you aggregated things but it Explain to me why they were the only personal archiving social bookmarking site that let you aggregate a bunch of posts based on a hashtag into a blog post. No, no one's done that since. Yeah, that's so, kind know, of the I, publishing side, though, right? Like you want you yeah. want stuff to get spit yeah. out. Like I, t- you know, you have to draw a line around what you're doing, or are you going insane? So right. my the line I draw is like, you know, we're kind of I'm a black hole that I'll suck anything in from anywhere on the internet, but and you know. Uh, you, I emit feeds and things like that, so it's not like the stuff is, is stranded, but I just don't put any effort into trying to push it back out because that's so uh, – it takes so much development time to, you know, fix all the little – like yeah. I have enough bugs, you know, <laughs> on the inbound side. Uh, so I, I understand people's desire to, uh, you know, to have this stuff published. I just I, – I won't do it. But I think there's services now like IFFFFFT or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love them. They're great. Yes. Uh, yeah, these right. glue services are great. And, you know, Yahoo Pipes back in the day. IFTT. Uh, yeah, because they, they just, you know, this idea that you can actually glue stuff together arbitrarily and I don't have to be the one that does it for you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. As a developer, I'd like to know what their yeah. business model is. But that, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
Well, if it, I mean, basically with all this stuff we're talking about, it, the, if we don't want the model to be the larger social network model of making that bargain, then people have to pay, you know? And, you know, if you want to be a good utility versus the world's utility, I mean, you know, it's also a scale thing, right? Do you want to be the world's personal archiving No, software? no, I, I, I hate yeah, that idea. I, like, I, yeah. I think one of the reasons people pay for Pinboard is because, you know, you can get me on the line really easily and I... I really enjoy interacting with people on a human level. You know, I don't like, you know, I think at scale you lose a lot of stuff. And that was one of the things in, in Delicious when they started getting popular that made me kind of sad was that it, it you know, the site just became, uh, you know, like it became a source of huge stress to the, uh, to the founders. And it, you know, I also kind of lost its sort of personal side. So I, um, mm-hmm. the whole idea of charging a fee for pinboard came when I talked to Joshua about trying to avoid, the risk of a lot of people joining, you know, <laughs> as if that's a problem a lot of people have. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this idea of putting a break on it through a sign-up fee was his, and I, you know, kind of ran with it. But I, uh, I really like the, the results. The, the site is not for everybody, but I hope that for those people who find it useful, it's really useful. That's kind of what I'm, you know. And, and I hope a lot of other people build stuff like this that, that serves a smaller purpose than taking the world over and, you know, and making billions. You know, while you were describing it, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great, you know, if we want to put, if we want to joke, we're in the last show of the year and everyone has to do their predictions. I would love if this prediction would come true. And that is that as the um, Facebook slash AOL slash Google's, the big malls of the world keep going because they're not going to disappear. We have artisanal software the way we have artisanal food. Artisanal software. I I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's called... Uh... I think I've seen it discussed by yeah, 37 Signals, a small batch. Yeah, I want, I mean. That's even douchier. That's awesome. That is even douchier. <laughs> yeah. Small batch software. Yeah, I like both of it. But, I mean, why Why? Why should we, you know, why, or okay, bespoke. <laughs> I'll go British on you, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, no, but just the point is, like you said, why do we, why, why does it all have to be big and grand and everything all for everybody? You know, as this social web stuff becomes more integrated in who we are. Why can't we well, just have... Am I going to pronounce your name correctly? Matish? Matche. Matche, like Versace. Matche. Like Versace, because that's the association I make. Isn't the entire premise of a long-tailed business that something isn't made for everyone? It's it's having many small groups of things for people. I mean, I, I don't really know what a long-tail business is, but... Uh, well, but Amazon think... is supposedly a long-tail business, right? There's a huge catalog. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anybody, if there's a million fans of, you know, uh, the greatest hits of uh, gerbil exercises, there's, you know, a few, <laughs> right. some people who really want that, and then there's, you know, 80 million more titles of small groups of people who want these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can do something on demand real time. You know, real-time inventory things, for example, but you've this long-tail business where the long-tail, there's lots of, you know, this is the premise of Chris Anderson's book, thesis, that lots of small groups are, are served, lots of small interests are served together, but that there's some way in which there's an infrastructure sharing to serve them. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think the um, the idea of, like, looking for smaller groups and smaller business ideas and making them work is something that is has changed fairly recently like even uh even in the last two years i I, i've been able to do all of the stuff i do on pinboard by myself because there are so many tools available and services Mm -hmm. that just didn't exist even you know in 2004 when when josh was like what 
Well, for example, you know, when, when he started getting customers, the first thing he had to do was Mark Andreessen actually mailed him a server because he was so frustrated with how slow the site was becoming. Um, <laughs> and he had to put it, he had to physically take a large metal server and put it in a rack in New York and pay it, you know, pay for the bandwidth, pay for the, pay for the maintenance of it. Uh, you know, he, um, the database he was using started dying when he had more than a few hundred thousand records in the table. So he had to spend a lot of time figuring out how to make that work. Like everything was just a pain point And, all of that has changed. You know, we have all this cloud stuff now so that if I need – when uh, when I needed servers briefly, I was able to rent them for two days. You know, that was unheard of in 2004. And all the software just works. Like the um, the database I use is the same one that, you know, these giant sites use. And it's open source and it's been debugged into the ground. And, uh, yeah, there's just – you know, even finding out how S-Corp or C-Corp works, you can just look it up online. There's all the uh, startup self-help stuff on uh, Hacker News. So – all of all of these things have made it much cheaper and easier to 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 go your own way, and also collecting money is easier. You know, I mean, everybody hates PayPal, but there's a, a variety of of services now where you can take small payments and kind of make it work that didn't exist before. So I think it's just gotten easier and cheaper to uh, pursue an idea. What are you using idea. besides besides PayPal? What else would you recommend there? Uh, I, I recommend nothing. I hate it all. Um, I, I use Amazon I payments, all. but. Yeah. Amazon Payments doesn't accept foreign credit cards. So that's, you know, that's very bad. I used Google Checkout for a while, but, you know, they're all kind of equally awful. Uh, but it, the money's real. So you just kind of bite the bullet and integrate with something. And, all right. Yeah. So I, th- I think, you know, that you can start by yourself and you don't need to have anybody invest money into your business means that you have the luxury of just turning it into a, you know, a profitable business that that makes a reasonable income for you, which is kind of a heretical and you know brand new idea in Silicon Valley that <laughs> you don't have to start by taking five million dollars and then you know drawing a hockey stick graph of how you're going to make it all back for the investors. Right. Uh, yeah, that's uh, well, you know, it's a personality type too. That's why I was thinking yes. arti- That's why that's why the word artisanal came to me because it's not just how you're doing it. It's someone who creates sort of artisanal foods of some sort doesn't want to become McDonald's, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and until recently, I think that option was was not really right. available. And and even now, it's kind of you know culturally frowned upon. But I, hasn't hoping- hasn't Jason Fried been calling that for, for a while? Yeah, to a certain degree, I would agree with that. What do you guys Except think? Except then he went ahead and took and took investors, right? But not not in what? Yeah, yeah, he has. But we we can have him on the show, but not in ways. But he didn't he didn't do it. I still don't think that he did it. Um, he, he could have done it very differently. You haven't seen them going all big and massive, don't you agree? No, guys? no. Kevin, did someone did was, so how, or, yeah, no, so, so I think this is you know, this is an, this is a trend that's been that's been growing for a while, and I think what Matthias is, is absolutely right. It's um, the tool sets that are available um, makes a lot more of this stuff possible because we've been building infrastructure for a long time for doing this stuff. Um, a lot of it has been open source or been done as web standards, and a lot of it is, is services that, that, that are provided for developers. So you can, you can have something you know, like Amazon or Heroku or um, Google App Engine that will let you host something fairly quickly and easily without having to um, rent servers and deploy things yourself. And basically, you're able to outsource all of the sysadmin stuff to, um, to other people who are doing that for you. Um, and that's... 
Um, and the other thing, I think the, the thing that um, If This Then That does um, is sort of illustrate that you can couple these things together quite neatly. You know, it, it's... if it. It lets you say, okay, I've got a service over here um, that Matche's built that's focused on um, keeping track of all my bookmarks and links. Um, and there's another service over here that I use when somebody's done a bad design website and I want to make it readable. Um, but I can actually plug those two together so that every time I click the readability button, it, create, it feeds the link over to Pinboard because if I click that button, I actually wanted to read it. So remembering right, that, that right. I read it is a useful signal. Um, and that means that those two guys don't have to do that integration because um, they've, they've already written APIs to, uh, that, that make that possible. And there's just a bit of glue code to bind that together. So gradually, things are becoming services for each other. And I think that, that, is, that is enormously valuable. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I also wanted to point out that I think the, the rise of apps and you know both the, like the app store on the desktop and the fact that people are using phones more and more and, uh, and, and app stores there has kind of... Uh, condition people that they, you know, just like a few years ago, no one would dream of paying for a song and then, you know, Apple rolled out iTunes and suddenly there was all this music you could get for 99 cents without having to fill in your credit card info. The same thing has happened now with software where you're buying these 99 cent apps. And so the idea that you would actually pay a small amount for mm. something you find useful uh, is kind of, you know, gaining currency and it's also, uh, you know, it, it's also becoming technically easier to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm a real fan of that honest transaction where, you know, I'll give you this neat thing and you give me a small amount of money um, and, you know, as a way to stabilize it. Because if you want to glue everything together, one prerequisite is that these things have to continue to exist. If, you know, these sites are, are falling over or being acquired all the time, then however, you know, whatever wonderful system you set up for yourself is going to collapse as soon as the first one of the sites collapses. And that's not that's no fun. Yeah, it's true. Oh, we have a question from the chat room for you. Aha, there What's you go. The, well, the question is, though Pinboard is for introverts, in quotes, which is kind of funny. I like that. I'm, uh, it's from Andrew, or Andrew, our producer. I'm interested in hearing how groups of people could use it to share links via hashtags, etc. Oh, man, you got to look at the fans. Like, the fans are... Uh... Are the the fanfic writers are the, oh that that was an amazing story did you tell us that story tell the story tell oh the story. my lord well so I've I've been courting um courting the fanfic writers for a long time they uh, I've been courting you with... slow down I'm not sure <laughs> fanfic fanfiction writers so fanfic is I... is a subculture online where people who uh you know are big fans of Sherlock Holmes say will write. Uh, stories about you know using those characters in in uh, very unconventional ways. Usually it's homoerotic uh, fiction, but it can be all sorts of things. Um, fanfic writers have been they've been you know on Live Journal since forever. They've been yeah. and they were really really enthusiastic users of Delicious. Uh, and right. I was friends with uh, Britta Gustafson, who was the um, you know she was the community manager of Delicious, and she pointed out these like beautiful tagging systems everything you know they they built on top of delicious where they could you know you, you could tell how long a work was and what the rating was and the characters involved and the type of fiction it was all based on this like foot-long tag that they would create and there was this vibrant community around exchanging stories like uh you know it, like you always want to find fresh content in that in that group you know you're always looking for something new so there were these and they were they're all social conventions for how to like set up feeds and shortcuts and plugins so that you could find the latest you know stories in your field of interest and uh, i delicious recently broke the features that fans relied on the most so i took the opportunity and tried to you know seduce them over into pinboard and a lot of them showed up and i think they're a 
they're a great example of how you can, you know, kind of inventively make use of a service in ways that it wasn't really thought up to, uh, to serve. But the, the thing that, that I liked was that you, um, Asked them how you could help them, and they pro- they produce a spec document for you in about twenty four hours. That was, that was, oh, that was really? crazy. Yes, yes, they, yeah, I exactly. They, you know, they asked about a couple of features that whether they were in Pinboard or not, and I asked them to you know if they could come up with a short list. I was thinking maybe you know ten items <laughs> of what they would like to see in a bookmarking service. And two days later, there was a fifty five page Google Doc. It had been heavily edited. It was beautifully oh, nice. formatted. You can still find it online. You know, it's it had subheads and bullets and footnotes and a bibliography uh, of everything you know in ranked order that they would like to see. It, it was just wonderful. Uh, and this kind of spontaneous stuff, uh, I don't know if it's because fanfic people are mostly women, but they seem to be really great at kind of, you know, collaborating, uh, you know, ad hoc and making these, you know, th- th- these wonderful things happen out of nowhere. Um, so uh, it was a real treat. I've, I've never had, you know, I, I worked at tech companies. I've never seen someone come up with a spec like that, even when you're paying them and then giving them three months. <laughs> Is it, it, was it, it's just the passion around that community? You think? Yeah, and and kind of a culture of of working sharing. together. Yeah, mm-hmm. culture of sharing. Um, you know, also they've been hurt before. Like, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of mockery of 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 this particular group of people, and all in the services they've tended to use, like Live Journal uh, and Delicious, they were always treated as kind of niche users and you know pushed off. Um, so, and you know, like things would be redesigned without their input, and suddenly they you know a, a lot would break for them. Like they're the perfect example of tying services together in unexpected ways, but they suffered for it. So to find someone who would actually, you know, listen to them, I think was was new. And what do certain... you think? You think that they're doing, Mache, um, that is bringing people together? And what is it that you can do in a service to design to help facilitate that? Or that you are doing consciously. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think the the real magic there is just because it's kind of unstructured stuff like they've come up with all these uh social conventions out of nothing you know just out of out of services where you can put up text files and you know that's so i think the fact that i tried to make pinboard relatively generic and simple means that it's fairly easy to you know uh shoehorn whatever you've got into it and then maybe there's one or two things that you need me to build and I'll, you know what we can talk but I'm kind of I've been plugging this idea of just making stuff simple and kind of figuring out where the line goes that, you know, that you're not going to try to build the ultimate Internet experience for everybody. You're just going to make one piece of it uh, and kind of, you know, let and then, you know, just don't screw people over by by changing everything or redesigning every three months. And I think that's you get stuff like fanfic or you get stuff like 4chan or you get, you know, all these clever things that uh, Reddit, you know, that, that that produce really great communities. Yeah, it's it's you know I'm I'm thinking as you're talking it's 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 passion but it's also that the community this you know the the people build the you it's that ugh, I'm trying not to use a buzzword (laughs) searching because everyone in the chat room will make fun of me but you can all drink if i use one Uh, you know you're co-creating what you're doing together i mean that's part of what fan fiction is so so that culture is there so you take it on and that sense of responsibility because one of the things that we we talk about and think about a lot here is how do you get that sense of collaborative um co you know responsibility that we're all in this together versus you know, obviously an example that doesn't have Facebook doesn't have that. I feel no connection to 
helping Facebook fix anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus yeah, but you but Facebook has still got the best job of helping people, unfortunately, be together. So you are there because you want to be with the people you want to be with, right? But I'm sort of right, and I'm just jumping into the, you know, how do you how do you balance that that collaborative environment in in a way that works? Um, can you do it when it gets bigger? I don't know. I have no idea either. I think the one thing that is worth pointing out is that, uh, you know, fandoms existed for a long time, but nobody really would have predicted uh, the, you know, that kind of a vibrant community when, you know, the first time we saw Prodigy or CompuServe, like it wasn't something anybody Mm -hmm. foresaw. Nobody predicted Wikipedia. I mean, when I first saw Wikipedia, I thought it was idiotic, like who's going to write for free, right? So there's all these things that, you know, that have surprised us where people generate really amazing, crazy stuff uh, as a group. And I think, you know, there's more of that in the future. We just have to be careful not to try, not to, you know, squash it before it has a chance. And I think sites like Facebook kind of squash it because they've already predetermined, like, you know, what are these very specific ways that people are going to interact? And there's there's not a lot of room for surprise there. That's why it's, and you see it, it's such a culturally, like, empty place. Everything that's on there is from somewhere else. Hmm. And yeah, that sort of loops back to what I was saying about their sort of their culture defining what people do with with the images instead of instead of text and things. Um, and I think yeah, I think you're right in that there is this sort of counterculture of people booting things that that plug together, which has always been part of the web. Um, and the part of by making those more discoverable, the, the web made made more of that possible and more of that able to emerge. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and and I think, and I think you know, the web was always about balance. Like it was, you know, it was designed enough so it worked, but not over designed. Yes. And, you know, we always got in trouble as soon as we started trying to build, you know, like the semantic web or things like that, or uh, you know, kind of. You know, we're smart people as programmers, so we're going to figure out how it should work and make it. Um, so kind of just keeping that balance between, uh, you know, thinking of cool stuff and then not trying to over-engineer it to, uh, you know, to run the world is is important. And, and there's a lot of success there, like the fact that, you know, RSS feeds exist and people can kind of exchange them and, you know, it works. And, you know, all, all these back-end things, APIs that work together, there's a lot of success. I don't mean to be all Eeyore about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I like uh, uh, one of K- Case Organic in our chat room said that Fanbook provides a template itself. I, I like that. That's a beautiful, though sad term of phrase. I like that. Oh, I see somebody asked if that if the fervor was intimidating the uh, the fan. <laughs> it was but strictly in the sense that, you know, like I've known Pinboard since it was just a, you know, a, a single Perl script. And the fact that anybody's actually using the site uh, to do anything, you know, serious or anything that they care about and relying on it terrifies me to this day because I know that, you know, <laughs> I know where what's inside all the closets. So that's, that's the part that's intimidating. So especially when there are people who are, you know, very, they were very scared because delicious was a focal point for the community. So where are you going to turn to next? And, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to be welcoming, but at the same time, I'm terrified of letting people down. So that's, well, you know, it's motivating. Yeah, I was going to say, keep you honest. Yeah, exactly. Keeps me awake. <laughs> Keeps you awake. Oh, well, yeah, be careful what you what you decided to create as a hobby, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and put up on the internet. People might actually need it. Yes. Oh, damn them. Damn them. <laughs> Heather, was there anything else you wanted to jump in? How's your wooziness doing? 
You're oh, uncharacteristically quiet. It's been quiet. a bit of a hard, it's been yeah. a hard day for me. I um, I lost uh, my mentor today. I found out that the woman who affected me more than anyone except my parents, an intellectual giant, Jamie Larson, uh, died. What's her name? It's Professor Jane E. Larson. She okay. um, was my professor in law school and a truly great feminist and uh, just scholar, period, but uh, as a historian. And I would recommend, I mean, I'm going to make work about it and put more, share more online today, but it, it impacted me. Oh. I'm still sort of trying to taking it in. I don't know if any of you have had a real profound mentor in your life who just shaped you in the way you saw the world and understood the world, but um, it's kind of amazing. She died very young and very unexpectedly, and was a true... I, you know, I was thinking about today in the post I'm thinking about writing, and did Steve Jobs were a woman. She's truly innovative thinker, and legal scholarship is not an era known for innovation. No. It's quite the opposite. It's a world that often holds on to the past, and um, if you if you want something quite genius, she wrote a large article called "The Tort of Seduction." Women understand my good nature so little they call it deceit, and it was the Columbia Law Review. And this was a law review article that there was a there was a a piece on law on LA Law based on it. They talked about huh. it on daytime television. The journal wrote about it which talked about applying the standards of commercial fraud to personal relationships, lying. If, if, if you, the things you couldn't do to sell someone a, uh, a refrigerator, she was saying, what if you couldn't do those same things to have sex with someone and harm them? Because in, if you're talking about, um, anyway, I would totally go back it, but it was pretty amazing and something I didn't think I'd agree with when I started. By the time I finished, I was like, wow, it completely persuaded me. And anyway, it's, just, it's a big day for me, and I'm really experiencing the web heavily. I'm in this, wanting to put a group together because this is someone who wanted no live memorial, no funeral. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to connect all these people I know and don't know. And by the way, all I can think of is to make a Facebook page. But, you know, everyone isn't there. Everyone doesn't have a Facebook right. membership. And um, I want a place where everyone can... Talk about it. Good for and you. Each other I because mean, there's no other way for us to do that. But this is a really genius piece of scholarship. She is someone who was absolutely uh, pilloried by school that I went to and treated extremely poorly. And um, something I'll write about. I and mean, I've never seen there was like a national organization of law and economic scholars to try to stop her tenureship because they were so threatened by. Her work on empirical in life, like she was a big fan of just lived experiences, it's something meaningful in the law, which, I don't know, we talked a lot about legal things in the show in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, she, she was a really powerful, power, it would be like as if Steve Jobs had to go into IBM uh, and an executive track job to try to build a Macintosh. Which is what she was doing. Really. No, I, it's not pretty. Yeah, that, I was, I was going to say, A, that's not pretty. B, I'm very happy that you found a mentor in, in law. That's kind of cool for you. 
Um, and now you've introduced her to all these other people, and we have posted links to what she's written in the chat she's room. Sort of a mentor put it. in life and thinking, and she introduced me to all the great thinkers. Anyway, Michelle sort of take to uh, interject this in our conversation. Yeah, it's okay. Somebody who is uh, really meaningful to me, really was really really brilliant and a wonderful teacher and mentor. And um, it's painful to think of someone um, disappearing. Uh, speaking about you know things going away and sites going away. Yes. Um, you know, who doesn't have their stuff really archived? But I wish there was more of what she did out in public because it's so profoundly mm-hmm. good. Well, at least um, that, that is the one good part about having law reviews. You do have to publish some of your stuff. Though I'm hmm. sure from what you, the way you've described her, it is not the same as the person herself, uh, for sure. Well, maybe we can... Um, an incredible encourager. I mean, so she... So she was... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> kitten attack, and it surprised me. So, can you take a stand? I guess we need to get me a Slow down, slow there, down. I think. Hello? Just slow down because you're a little muffled. I know we need to get near running up here, Mache, but um, is this a project you're, you, but do you see this as your business that you always want to run? You've talked well, so much uh... about. You know, it, it makes me a lot of money, so I, I yeah, I, I tend to look at it as a business. <laughs> Wait, it makes you a lot of money? You're making no, money? No, I'm saying, <laughs> is it one you'd, ha- you'd be happy to keep, or like, is it like, hey, is this your dream job? Are you happy with it? Well, I, at this point, I don't think I have a choice. You know, I'll be <laughs> people will hunt me down and kill me if I if I don't keep the site going. Uh, I, I have I have dreams that have nothing to do with computers, but this seems like a good path to maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe realizing them. It's so. for fun. You want to throw one or two of your nothing to do with computer dreams? Just we didn't perfect. talk about idle words at all yet, did we? Oh, <laughs> can you tell us about, about idle that. words? Talk about that. Talk about uh, that. I've, it's it's a weblog with a with a fish banner on top that I, I write travel stuff in. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I guess I what ten years old now. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, you know, I'm one of the second generation bloggers. Wait, that makes you second generation? <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, people makes, in the I, late 90s were the, yeah, the pioneers. Yeah. I'm second generation, too. I'm also right. ten, I, just had ten, I just had a 10-year anniversary. So uh, although I can't, I can't own that I still blog. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know there was I think a, you're second generation if you had to, like, hand edit your HTML files. Your awesome. first um, wait, wait. I hand edited mine. I'm trying to build me a custom CMS. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Blog. cool. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if if you did it before CSS existed, that makes you. A oh pioneer. yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I did do that. Just, I did do that. Except I right, <laughs> I remember when this adding this newfangled CSS thing. Yes, to my blog. I remember doing that. Oh yeah, it was so exciting. <laughs> wow. And now, no and now we're going to have people who are not going to remember the web before Typekit. Yeah, and our stories are going to be so boring. Like you know, try to speak to yourself. <laughs> In my day, you know, we had to uh, we had to use font tags, and now you you kids, you have it easy. You have posters. Oh, I was going to think all you have to do is think, and it shows up. On <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen at some point. I mean, you do have one of the best URLs. I mean, come on, idle words. That's Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get those URLs anymore. My God! Yeah. No. Now I, I for some reason ended up having my uh, just uh, my I picked my name and uh, you know uh, I have all these up for my blog and I have all these other really fun URLs but I never use them. 
So I was boring. Um, yeah, Idle Words is a good one. Yeah, you can't get those anymore. Mache, Glint Fleischman is asking what the connection between fanfic and bookmarking is. Is it just that there's so much fanfic out there, or? Um, it's a categorization. Like, basically, categorization. you need something where you can categorize it nine ways from Sunday. You know, people search along all sorts of dimensions. So I think, and, you know, correct me in chat if I'm wrong, but I think the appeal to uh, to fanfic writers of Delicious was, you know, there was a first place where that had tagging in a really useful way. So, you know, you could, you could com- figure out how to make these conventions for tags so that people could easily find your stuff, you know, by, by looking for certain patterns. Um, so I think that, and also, you know, with Pinboard, there's the fact that we, um, uh, that, it, that it crawls the stuff and saves it. Like a lot of the stuff will, is ephemeral or gets taken down or something. So some people want, you know, to make sure that they have something for later, even if the author has second thoughts. So that's another kind of a, appeal of it, the, the, the archiving aspect. Yeah. I mean, there's really not a lot of ways to make stuff searchable online. Book and marketing site is one of the, one of the obvious ones, you know, unless you want to download everything and try to search it on your computer. But I think people are, you know, some of these, 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 the people who read a lot of fanfic read a lot of fanfic. So you're talking about tens of thousands of bookmarks. It's just not, not, not possible. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff as I'm researching some book, a book idea. And so I've, I've pushed a lot of stuff into Evernote. So that's the offline thing, but I don't like yeah. it. I miss the. I mean, I like Evernote. Don't get me wrong, but there's a there's a, just a different way of being when it's online. Although I have I tried to say, to use Evernote. I couldn't figure out how to, how it worked, but I was impressed. I mean, that you can take a photo of a beer can and it'll read the text on it. That's that's amazing. Yeah, they but do I, some real. They do some really neat stuff, but it's not. I mean, to me, probably because I don't know about you guys, and I don't know if we actually answered the question from the chat room about how, because we got into the fanfic thing about how to use Pinboard for sharing tags, uh, you know, for sharing stuff as opposed to your own, collecting your own stuff. Did we? Is there a way to do that? Did I miss if uh, we answered it's, it's, that? You know, it, it kind of sucks right now. Like, uh, you know, there's link roles, and uh, so you can publish a little snippet of JavaScript somewhere, and it'll pull. Ta- uh, you know your bookmarks for a tag or, or just all your bookmarks for you you can um you know you can you can publish a little tag cloud i, I think okay. it's still very bad like the the feature i want to add soon in the yeah. new year is like the ability to make lists of bookmarks that you can kind of you know send around and that don't have all of the like header and footer and everything just you know here's 10 links that are very in germane to this topic, I want to put them in an order, you know, that I want, maybe write a little paragraph above them and just send it to somebody in a lightweight sort of way. I think I'm hoping that that'll make life easier for, uh, you know, as far as sharing stuff. I think also the ability to, when you save something to say, I want to send it to this person because it'll be interesting to them. Um, I think that needs to go in there. I, I, I wasn't, I didn't like four tags and delicious because they kind of stuck around forever. Uh, yeah. The idea of like at the moment you save something, you also want to draw someone else's attention to it. I think I think there should be a way to do that because it's you know my girlfriend's in the other room and I have to, uh, you know, <laughs> either find her on chat or physically, God forbid, physically get up and walk. And uh, no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'll that be what we'll stop. That, yes, that'll be that'll be what we'll tell the kids. When <laughs> I was young, we actually had, had to, to be in the same move. room. Yeah, you had to physically move, right? <laughs> We didn't just sit here, you know, with big heads and no bodies. Um, or maybe we'll have shriveled heads. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Uh, it's crazy. You know, we are have uh, come up uh, actually over our hour. So I'm, I think I'm we gonna... need to thank our special yes. sponsor. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you very much. I know. So um, as as uh, as we mentioned, today is 
officially what was the actual reddit name kevin um, get your oh. blog off. Get was, off of was, go, go get off of GoDaddy Day. Is that GoDaddy Day. I think it was. Well, today is we, today but, is technically get off of GoDaddy Day, and as we mentioned at the yeah, at the day. opening of the show, um, we uh, are so grateful and happy to have um, as our first of of many to come in 2012 sponsor Hover dot com. An, amazing uh, domain registry and if you are in as part of your new year's resolution getting off of GoDaddy or any other domain registrant that has shady practices or is against SOPA until they realize they might lose business we suggest you yeah, GoDaddy is supporting it yeah, well, they, they changed their minds yesterday. Um, yeah, they, uh, we, we suggest that you switch over to Hover, the anti-GoDaddy, um, and use the promotional code, the word TUMMEL, T-U-M-M-E-L. You'll get 10% off. You'll support our show. You'll support Hover. You'll support SOPA, one degree removed. And uh, it's all good for everybody. So th- we'd like, love to thank SOPA, um, Hover again. And Kevin? So the, the key thing that Hover has is that they right. have what they call concierge service here you ring them up and say i have all these domains and they just deal with all the crap for you so that you don't spend three days um typing stuff into forms yeah it's amazing when i moved over a long like over a year ago before they were even our sponsor i moved over a hundred yes you know yes i have over a hundred names <laughs> that i have and it's, it's, it's 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 if i yeah. actually told you if i told you the actual number i really should be slammed but no one's ever asked me to buy them so it's not like they're out there every time i have an idea for a you know a new site or a book i have a couple of good ones i called them up and and literally they did it all for me it was just, it just i mean it's just beautiful um, for geeks and non-geeks alike. We love them. And I would also love to thank, and our final show, show number 91 of 2011, thank our guest, Mache, for joining us. Woo! Thank you so much for having me. And for and thank you so much for the work that you do and for trying very hard and for you know making the software for the customer. And if you guys need a place to do some personal archiving, we highly suggest Bimboard because we all love it. Um, and before we close out the year, um, Heather, is there anything that you want to say, um, to, uh, folks in the chat room or to listeners or where you might be in the next few weeks? All these awesome people who came today. I'm sorry, I'm usually much posting the show and much more going, but you know, I, I'm a little bit trying to figure out how a concussion here. So first of all, anyone with what happens after an old rear ended in car, your advice is welcome. I'm Heather like Flickr on Twitter, H-E-A-T-H-R. I'm going to start putting my subverter newsletter back out in the new year. So I recommend signing up at heathergold.com. And those is like custom stuff, humorous stuff that I write uh, and video that goes out there. I'll be performing on the 12th in the Bay Area at Stories from the Shuttle. Oh, awesome. Story. And I will be soon trying to record interviews for my new podcast, Subvert. Um, so if you're interested in helping out with that podcast, which is full of amazing artists and, and creative people doing really interesting things and dealing with their own personal uh, challenges and joys in making amazing things happen, uh, you can check that out. Or if you want to help out with that, I've got some web needs there. That will be at subvert.com. Just an interview with what I think is the most innovative artist in the country right now, Whoop-Dee-Doo-TV in Kansas, Missouri, which is amazing. So that's part of what I have going on. And I'm delighted Skylar and Umbra and Minnie Pants and all these people, Lemon Dar- Lemon Dar- are here joining us. 
and I hope you all case organic stick around and come back next week we have amazing guests every week and, and a great a great group here that I'm, uh, I'm grateful to. I don't know if I'm making sense now my sense that's okay you are making you are making sense young lady so um and that note yes thank I want to thank we want to thank every newbie who came to our show. We have to come up with some sort of ritual for newbies um, who joined the chat room. Um, it'll be much easier when we go back to video. And um, I want to, Kevin, are you, anything you want to tell folks um, to wrap up the show? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't have any things to, to, to pitch at the moment. Oh, yeah. I never have anything to pitch these days either. I will be in New York next week um, for a week, so we'll be talking to you from there. And again, Thank you, chat room, for being the lovely, smart, brilliant people who you are. If you are listening to the show not live, we highly suggest you try to join us live 6 p.m. on the West Coast, 9 p.m. on the East Coast every Thursday. Because our chat on room our is site. Uh, on our site, our our um, our chat room is filled with people much smarter than the three of us. Sorry, gang, but it's the truth. And so check us out every week if you like the show. Review us on iTunes, and we wish everybody a healthy, happy, wonderful, fantastic new year. And with that, we thank Andrew Hazlett of thenewmoderns.net, our lovely, quiet, who never jumps in producer, who, you know, for the first time ever called the wrong number tonight. We pranked someone live on the internet. We love it. And with that, I will say, everyone, episode 91 in the can, Tummel out.